Did you know that there are over 65 million Gen Xers, yet so few financial advisors focus on Gen X? Why? It's because you aren't rich. Yet. Welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor with Michael Labus, certified financial planner, certified college funding specialist, and founder of Gen X Wealth Partners. This podcast focuses on the specific needs of Gen Xers by a Gen Xer. Get ready to explore topics that will help you get your retirement on track, maximize your dollar towards your child's education, and successfully manage aging parents. We will even sprinkle in a little health and wellness, travel and leisure, and time and stress management. Come and experience the expertise of Michael and his special guests who focus on enhancing the quality of your life today and in the future. Now, on to the show. Get your finances in order and take control. It makes everything easier going forward. Right. It's that getting things in order step that trips up a lot of people. I mean, face it, where do you start? Michael Labus has 10 things you can do to get the ball rolling, even if you have done absolutely nothing. I mean, bupkis to this point. You do have to admit, Michael, this can be a very daunting task. So how do you get going? Thank you, Patrice. Yes, this is a daunting task because it's something that we all know that we have to do, but most of us don't want to do it. <laughs> it's not the most exciting thing to do, but it's also one of the most important things that you can do. So I thought this is a very important topic to tackle because I see it a lot. And what I mean by that is I see a lot of people come to me and they are almost embarrassed that they haven't done anything, which is one of the reasons why they haven't got it started yet. It's, it's a weird dynamic. You feel embarrassed or you know you have to do it, but you don't want to face what you have to do. So uh, enough procrastinating and enough of the excuses. Uh, what I have here to share with you today are 10 things that you can do today to start to take control of your finances. So the first one that I want to talk to you about is starting a budget. I always tell people that your budget is effectively the, the pulse of the household. And this everything is you, This is where most people get turned off right away, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I, maybe I should have eased into this a little bit better, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> go ahead. It's, it's the pulse of your household. How, everything that you are going to do around your finances revolves around your budget. And if you don't know what your budget is, none of the plan is going to be that solid because it's based upon a guess. And it's all about starting a budget. So what you want to do is you want to break down your expenses into two categories. I call them uh, needs and wants. You want to look at your past month's expenses and, and take a look and see where the money's going. And if you want to take a step further, once you've done that, the next month, what I'd like you to do is to try to spend your money only on needs. I mean, that's a leap of faith. But afterwards, what you're going to recognize is what you really missed. And these are the things that you can build into your budget. And the rest of it, just get rid of it. Second thing you can do is to review your credit score. You are actually entitled to one free credit score per year from each of the three big credit bureaus. These would be Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. You could also check out a website like uh, Credit Karma. They will tell your score and give you tips on how to improve your score. 
Did you know that one in three adults have an error on their credit reports? So by monitoring them at least once a year, you can reduce errors from lingering. And we all know that a higher credit score makes life's big, big purchases cheaper. So take a look at that score. You might, you might find some things that should not be there. One example, one example of an error. Oh, gosh. Um, might not be your account, right? Oh, okay. Right? People open up accounts on people's names all the time. Uh, account could be, you know, miss, misrecorded. You could have not missed a payment. You could dispute a charge, right? There's, there's, there's errors that you can recognize. I didn't do this. And mm-hmm. you can dispute it and get it, get it fixed. So it's about having a, you know, cognizance of your, of your spending and your accounts and making sure that they're up to date. If you know where your money is, and you know the accounts have established and you saw and you looked at them like that's I closed that account two years ago or that I didn't have a, a missed payment. What's that about? Right. So it's really about just keeping everybody uh, on, on point, so to speak. Okay, number three. Develop a strategy to tackle your debt. So debt is a big topic. I could probably have five podcasts on debt. Uh, but look at your debt. Do you know how much you're paying interest? I mean, interest rates have gone up, right? That's going to impact your variable debt, which is mainly your credit cards. Um, but look at your interest rates. Are they fixed or are they variable? That's a big thing because how long do you think it'll take for you to pay off a loan? If you have long-term debt and it's at a variable rate, that could be very painful. I mean, look what's happened is this past year. Rates have gone up substantially and as have your payments on that debt. So if you have longer term debt, look at a fixed rate. It might go up higher than your variable is now, but it's a controlled payment that you can plan around. If you have shorter term debt, all right, well, maybe you could have a variable rate, but you have to be diligent and and pay it off. You don't want that to become long-term debt. And now you've got a variable rate, which we just talked about. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could also consolidate or reduce your rates. Uh, getting a personal loan to pay off variable credit card debt is always going to be give you a better rate. If you've got equity in your home, that could be another way to reduce your rates by consolidating. So there's options out there, but you know, take a look at your debt and make sure that you're paying it down strategically. Number four, review your property and casualty insurance. You should always shop your home and auto insurances every couple of years. And, and there's, there's reasons for that. First is that your life situation has probably changed. Uh, maybe you make more money, or maybe you're thinking about buying a new car or home, or maybe you got married or you had a baby. All of these can factor in to you needing to update your coverage. And this leads us to the tip of the week. The tip of the week is to not buy your home and auto insurance on your own. I have reviewed too many people's policies and found that most people buy it based on price and have little idea of what their coverages are. And there's a lot of things going on with these policies and they're actually uh, meant to complement each other in certain capacities. So do yourself a favor and work with an agent. Don't always buy something based upon price. I can help you save money elsewhere, but by saving a few dollars, you actually might be hurting yourself long-term. Mm-hmm. 
and it's there's not it's not worth the cost. So do yourself a favor and hire an agent. And it typically wouldn't even cost you any more than buying it online. So that's the tip of the week. Should you go with an independent agent, Michael? I love an independent agent okay. because they're not going to sell you one particular company, right? They're going to be able to shop it out. The thing about insurance companies is that they all have their strengths and weaknesses, their niche. They might be really strong in this product, but not so much in that product, or they might be really competitive with people of this age or with this situation. So yeah, I know a lot of insurance companies push bundles and everything because that's helps. And they say it helps everybody, but I would shop it out. At least you know what your options are. Okay. That leads us to number five, which is to review your employee benefits. Every year we get the option of reviewing our benefits. And some people take it and look at it. Some people just throw it in the trash. They're, they think they're fine. But when you're strengthening your finances, the focus is going to be around creating a solid foundation and your employee benefits are providing you tools to build it. So make sure that you review the package thoroughly during open enrollment, which is typically around Halloween. That's when it starts. Look at the health insurance. Again, going back to your insurances, life changes. You get married, you have a kid, you make more money. It's going to impact your coverage needs. So take advantage of the tools that they're giving to you and review your employee benefits. And if you're self-employed, I can help you build your own employee benefit package. So uh, just because you're not an employee of a company doesn't mean you can't not do this. Number six is to review your subscriptions. This is an interesting one because... There's so many out there and it can get complicated. I mean, you got Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Hulu. I I could, there's a hundred, right? The list could go on and on. But do you really need all of these? So ask yourself, you know, what do you watch the most? Trim the fat and limit to a few. You can't spread yourself too thin. And, you know, that also would go back to the budget and that would probably save you some money, uh, which, would then allow you to use that for more important things. Number seven is to protect your family. And as a Gen Xer, we have the most responsibility that we will ever have than any other phase of our life is right now. We've got kids, we've got our spouses, we've got our income to worry about. So protect your family. And by doing that, I'm talking about two things particularly. Term life insurance will offer you bang for your buck coverage. And an, an even better term policy will be one that's convertible for future considerations. And what I mean by convertible means is that you could, at any point in the next, say, 20 years, you had a 20-year term policy, convert that to a permanent policy with no underwriting. So it, it locks in your health class. And typically, your, your insurance needs decline as you get older. So you could convert that for a lower amount but have permanent policy, permanent protection. Another thing is to, you know, when you're determining how much to, to get, look at your debt, your income replacement needs, education expenses, final expenses, and any legacy that you wanted to create, you know, leaving money for your kids or a charity. So those factors would determine, help you determine how much to buy. And then the other aspect is disability insurance. Hmm. This really is 
insurance to protect your lifestyle. I call it lifestyle insurance. It can provide you up to 60% of your income tax-free. And did you know that one in four adults will become disabled during their working years? And more often than not, that this disabling event occurs away from work. So your workers' comp won't cover this. So that's really an insurable risk, one in four. Think about that, one in four. If it wasn't work-related and there's a one in four chance of you having an issue, you'd probably buy insurance for it, right? So why not disability insurance? Number eight, write down your goals. This is another thing that a lot of people don't have on paper. What are your goals? So sit down and, and put some thought into you know, why do you get up every morning? What am I working towards? What do I want to accomplish? When do I want to retire? How can you plan for the future if you don't have a vision of what it is? A lot of people are just guessing. They throw numbers out. They throw ages out. And they're throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's not a good plan. You could be way off track or you could be way ahead of track. But how do you know? And it's such a simple thing. But Write them you down. Change, you can change these goals too. Yeah, sure you can. I mean, financial planning is a process. It's not. It's not a uh, you know one time transaction. It's a process. Uh, number nine, take a risk tolerance questionnaire. And you might be saying to yourself, "What the heck is that?" Um, actually, it's one of the biggest issues I see with people in their investments is that there's a disconnect of their portfolio's risk to what they're actually comfortable with. (laughs) And you're seeing it now because you're seeing the downside potential of an aggressive portfolio, as an example. Everybody feels aggressive when the market's going up, right? Everybody's loving life. And that's easy. But if, if the market is keeping you up today, it's telling me a lot. And one of them is, you're probably taking too much risk with your money because you're not comfortable. If you're if you were comfortable with your portfolio, you'd be sleeping easy. You wouldn't even concern about the stock market. Uh, so there's a lot of risk tolerance questionnaires out there, but I have one that I could, you know, show share with you and, and give you an idea of of what risk you're taking. And that's why it's so important. So take a risk tolerance questionnaire because there's three risk scores out there. The one is the risk you're comfortable taking. The second one is the risk you are taking, but the holy grail is the risk you need to be taking. So take a risk tolerance questionnaire. And uh, lastly, is if all those first nine are taken care of, start saving for your future. Mm. 25, 50, 100, 500 a month, doesn't matter. Put away what you can. This, I mean, Rome was not built in a day and this is going to take time to build up. So don't try to get rich quick either. Don't just buy super aggressive things. Stay within your risk tolerance. Uh, to start, you could maybe build up your savings to three months of your monthly budget, right? That's establishing an emergency fund. Once that's accomplished, maybe you want to start uh, you know, opening up a Roth IRA or contributing to your 401k. You know, Don't tell yourself, eh, it's a little, little month. It's not going to matter. That's a defeatist attitude. It's going to make a big difference. Trust me, 10, 15 years from now, you're going to be glad you did it. So get in the habit of paying yourself and your future self will thank you. And you can do it automatically. You don't have to feel that money and then put it into an account. Don't do that. Because that, as you say, you can look at it and say, oh, this month doesn't really matter. I could use this. 
Exactly. It's easy to, to break that habit. And I love that point, which is a lot of these have automatic investment options, right? Pick the day of the month, you know, coincide it with your paycheck. Boom, done. Autopilot to a certain extent. You always want to revisit your portfolio, right? To make sure that everything is invested as best it can be. But in terms of putting money away, get in the habit, set it up automatically. And one thing that you could do is next year, if you make more money, increase it, right? Increase it a little bit. If you got to raise, increase it proportionately. So these 10 things that I just talked about are things that I think that anybody could do, regardless of their financial situation, to take control, start to take control of their finances. And my advice is to not get overwhelmed. You know, take one thing at a time and, and you know, don't think that it's impossible because it's not. It is very possible. And I specialize in helping Gen X strengthen their foundation. And think about it. If you're without a foundation or strong foundation, it doesn't matter how nice the penthouse is, you know, one crack in that foundation and, and everything crumbles. So if you want to you know, get started taking control of your finances, tackle these 10 things. If you want to take it to the next level, I can help you do foundational planning. You can reach me at michael at genxwealthpartners.com. You can check out my website, which is www.genxwealthpartners.com. You can always follow this podcast, the Gen X Money Advisor. I really think that there's a lot of good information here. And uh, you know, don't be afraid to reach out because I'm here to help. Thank you, Michael. Lots of good ideas here. 10 good points. As Michael said, follow the podcast, the Gen X Money Advisor, rate and review, and of course, share it with friends and family. I'm Patrice Sikora, and thanks for being with us. Thank you for listening to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Gen X Wealth Partners. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FNRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Gen X Wealth Partners is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS.